Hello and welcome to the next episode of this Sheffield United podcast. My name's Ben, I am of course a Sheffield United fan and in this episode I'm going to be taking a look at our season so far. So we're a little over a third of the way through the 2017-2018 season now which is it's kind of an arbitrary point I guess um, but seeing as it's the last international break before Christmas uh, I think it's still a good point to kind of uh, take stock of where we are at the moment and maybe where we might be going for the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my pre-season expectations, uh, why I felt that way, uh, and look at that in relation to what we know now with 16 games of championship evidence under our belt. Uh, towards the end of the podcast, I will also take a quick look at how some of our new signings have fared uh, in these 16 games as well. So, in terms of where we are at the moment as a as a team, as a club, um, I mean, do you need me to spell it out? It is really, really good. Um, I know that some United fans were probably thinking about back-to-back promotions before this season started. You know, we've all sort of heard how, you know, Norwich have done it and Southampton have done it. Uh, probably a couple of other examples as well that escape me at the moment. Um so yeah, I imagine. Well, I don't imagine. I you know I've seen it on forums, on Twitter. Uh, I've I've heard it at the stadium. You know, people thinking back to back promotions, very realistic possibility. Um, I will readily admit I was not one of those people. Um, not that I didn't think we were good last season, as you know. Let's be right, we were unbelievable. Uh, and as someone who started watching United in the mid-90s, I think I can comfortably say that was the best football I had ever seen from a team in red and white. Um, that isn't Atletico Madrid anyway. Um, I didn't totally buy into the notion that the championship uh, was that good, I guess. Uh, I've absolutely no way of proving this or knowing it, but from what I saw of the championship last season on on TV, uh, I felt that the way we were playing in that season would have been good enough for lower mid-table in the league above. Um, And that's kind of me being conservative. Um, But yeah, at the same time, I, I didn't really feel like back-to-back promotions was a a realistic possibility. Um, There were a few things that I thought could go against us this year. Um, First of all, I thought we were a bit fortunate with injuries last season. Um, That's not to say that we were lucky, uh, as I'm sure our fitness levels are among the highest they've ever been. But all the same, we were able to field largely the same 11 week after week, which is you know, not something that um, I guess a lot of teams benefit from all the time. I actually looked at some of the stats for this. Um, the following players, all of whom I would say were in our best 11 last season, started 40 or more games last season, so that's out of 46. That's Sharp, Moore, Basham, Fleck, O'Connell and Coots. And then you can add to that Freeman, Duffy and Lafferty started at least 37 as well. And uh, you know, bear in mind that Lafferty only joined on the August transfer deadline day, so he essentially played every game as well. Um, That means we had the core of our team together around 80% of the time last season, which, as we've already seen so far this season, isn't often the norm. So yeah, I felt we had some, you know, good fortune with injuries last season and that there could well be some regression here. You know, players are uh, another year older. We don't have the youngest of squads to begin with. Um, That's not to say that we're a team of codgers, by the way, Uh, but all the same key performers like Duffy, Wright, Sharp and Clark are all the wrong side of 30 already. Um... The other factor that I thought would really count against us is the step up in the kind of budgets against which we were suddenly competing. Um, United continued the transfer policy that had been so successful last season where, and I mean absolutely nothing negative by this, um, we were shopping towards the lower end of the market. 
But that said, the championship isn't quite the big scary division of billionaire owners that the hype would have you believe. While we do sit firmly at the lower end of the table in terms of our summer expenditure, uh, which according to the website transfermarket.co.uk sits at 3.2 million, the rest of the division isn't that much ahead of us. In fact, I took a look at the net expenditure of teams, and we actually rank seventh in the league, which you know was a total surprise to me. Um, although it should be pointed out that that's less than a third of what um, the sixth place team, Bristol City, have actually laid out. So I'm going to caveat this next section by saying that I'm not totally convinced that transfer market is 100% accurate. So take some of these numbers with a pinch of salt. But at the same time, they do serve as quite a useful guideline by which we can compare ourselves against other teams in the league. So... What that means is that, uh, yes, the majority of teams in the Championship have spent in excess of £10 million on their squads uh, just over the last um, five or six months. The Wolves and Borough lead the way, as you've probably seen by now, uh, with £20 million and £50 million respectively. £50 million. Uh, But with those big spenders, they've also lost some players too. So even big spending Borough have recouped around £30 million from sales of Martin Darun, Gaston Ramirez and Jordan Rhodes. Um, just on those three players. To an extent, a lot of these teams who spent 10 million plus are essentially treading water by replacing players that have left. Um, although, of course, they will expect that the players that came in will be better than those that have left. Although, you know, as, as I guess we know better than anybody, there's no guarantee there whatsoever. So while I was looking at um, the various transfers uh, around the league over the summer, what I didn't take a look at was loans, but I think it's fair to say that we've really used the loan market well so far this season. Uh, which, again, has rarely been true under previous managers. You know, uh, Jamal Blackman has been excellent to the point where it is, to me, um, a toss-up as to who is our better goalkeeper between him and Simon Moore. Uh, And Carter Vickers has proved to be a great pickup and looks like a player um, on the rise who potentially is, you know, potentially a a Premier League centre-half, I would say, at this point of his career. Um, I break out in a cold sweat when I think of some of our loanies uh, from the last time we were in the Championship. And I will certainly spare you by not naming any of them right now because it's it, it it's too too horrible. Um, uh, those those players really look like they didn't want to be here uh, at all. You know they were playing terribly. Uh, the team was playing terribly. It obviously ended in relegation that season, um, and it it was hard to get any kind of joy or enjoyment out of um out of watching that team. Um, I think it's a testament to the management and, to be fair, the attitude of uh, our current loan players uh, that the ones who are here, probably temporarily, look like they're fully bought in uh, and they get this as a situation where you know, they can thrive and develop personally as well as helping out the team. I mean, if we're being honest, you know, uh, I think Chelsea probably see Blackman as uh, you know, a potential player for them in the you know long-term future I guess uh, and you know maybe Carter Vickers at Spurs as well I could see both of these players being Premier League players in sort of three or four years so those are the two big things that I initially thought would mean that we would have a difficult season this year uh, injury luck for one of a better uh, description uh, and the step up in the budgets of the teams that would be competing against but when you actually you know take a proper look at these they're not quite as bad or impactful I guess as I first thought uh, we've coped admirably with injuries uh, with everyone who's filled in doing a, a great job and making a, a genuine claim that they deserve to be starting themselves uh, and then in terms of transfers while we didn't make any you know huge splashes in the market we kept our squad together 
um, aside from players that the manager wanted to move on, like Don and Skugel. You know, perhaps when I, when I sort of thought about this a little more, I thought perhaps actually this is a, a major advantage of being a promoted team, um, as opposed to one who's come down from the league above or even had a good season uh, the previous year but didn't get promoted. People naturally underrate you and don't feel like there's much value in trying to acquire your better players. Um even when I think, in this case, most United fans, uh, myself included, felt that several of our team were already good to perhaps very good championship standard players based on last season's form, uh, I think we're still kind of able to go a little bit under the radar, despite the fact we won the league so comfortably. Um, that said, I, I do want to call back to those first three games. So that was uh, Brentford at home, uh, which we won 1-0, uh, and then we were defeated at Cardiff and against Middlesbrough as well. Um, but yeah, I want to kind of hark back to those three games just so we, or or I even, you know, don't forget that we did have our struggles to begin the season and it, it did look like the championship was going to be a serious step up from even from the, the lofty heights that we hit last year. I maintain that Brentford caused us more problems at the lane than any other team so far. Um, just as a, a caveat to that, I missed the Norwich game, uh, so feel free to correct me on that, but it, it does sound like we were very unfortunate to lose that one. Certainly that was you know, what I heard and saw after that game. Um, so yeah, even uh, you know the Brentford game, they, they caused us a lot of problems, I felt, but even then, I think you could still make a very good case that we deserved the win in that game. You know, I remember Stevens hitting the post in the first half and then Fleck hit the post with a free kick as well. We had, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, we had at least two goals disallowed, one of which was off that Fleck free kick that hit the post. So, yeah, I think that was a deserved win, but all the same, it, it did look like, oh, this is a team who, uh, you know, they have a lot of skill, they control the ball far better than anybody we played last season. Whoa, this could be a tough a tough season for us. Um if we move on to the the Borough game, uh, you know, I, I really felt that they did look a division above us in this game. Uh, it really reminded me of um, of some of our away games the last time we were in the Premier League, where we, you know, we we would compete, but we just didn't create much and were kind of largely held at arm's length. I think uh, in those games, and I, I think in this in this game against Borough as well. I mean. You know, even though we had that wrongly disallowed equaliser, we had very few, I don't want to say chances, but almost like very few moments where we were kind of in a promising position in that game. We were just generally sort of held at bay by a team who I think was probably quite happy to just take a 1-0 win out of that. Um, Cardiff sounds like the one time where we were genuinely outclassed. Uh, and I can't imagine too many thought that we would be a couple of points ahead of them at this stage, which we actually are. Um, I certainly did not after those first three games. Um, and then I think that something just sort of clicked. Um, it might have helped a little that Barnsley were such obliging opponents in that next game, uh, where I think it's fair to say that they were a bit fortunate to only lose 1-0. By the way, I was watching the highlights of this game again. Uh, I have to say that Jack O'Connell is definitely due a goal. Uh, he had a free header saved in this one to go uh, with a couple of bad misses in, in our last two games. So come on, Jack, just, you know, it, it's time to stick one of these chances away in the six-yard box. Um, but you could see the confidence growing in that Barnsley game uh, as it went along. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, that these our opponents at the time who were, you know, fairly established championship opponents, 
They look no better than some of the upper mid-table League One teams we routinely brushed aside last season. Teams can have an off day, sure, and I, I know that everyone seems to have an off day against us, uh, apparently, anyway. Um, but I left this Barnsley game thinking, we belong in this division. You know, We were better than them, and we won that game comfortably, even if the scoreline didn't quite reflect our superiority. Since then, uh, we've, uh, and really, let's not overlook this, uh, we've comfortably beat Derby, uh, and don't listen to those who say we were given those goals because we were superb in that game and Derby were not. Uh, we won at both Hillsborough and Ellen Road, which is the first time in our history that we've won at both of those venues in the same season. Uh, we comfortably beat a Wolves team who were forced into a red card via our good play. We comfortably beat last season's playoff finalist, Reading, who I already mentioned. We dismantled Hull, who, lest we forget, were in the Premier League last season, along with Sunderland, who we also beat. And then you throw in the wins against Ipswich and Bolton as well. Even with the three games we've lost since that Middlesbrough game, uh, we were very much in those matches, and you can make a strong case for us deserving a point or more. So... I'm trying to be level-headed when it comes to our prospects this season. I feel like I've actually talked myself into our prospects more than I probably intended when I set out to do this. Um, Even given how we have played so far, I'm not sure we're going to make the automatic promotion spots. I I expect the Wolves and then one of Borough or Cardiff will be consistent enough to pull away. Um, Believe me, I would love to be wrong on this. Um, But all the same, based on a third of the season, the playoffs look a real possibility. Uh, And not just in the way that they look a, quote, real possibility for every team who is 21st and above in the league. And if we did make the playoffs, well, I guess if anyone's going to break this hoodoo, it's got to be Chris Wilder, right? So before I wrap up this week's episode, um, I thought this was also a good point to review our signings so far this season. Um, I alluded to this earlier, but we've continued with the same approach to recruitment that saw us do so well last year, uh, where you really couldn't accuse us of spending our way out of the division by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Instead, we picked up players that Wilder uh, already knew well from his previous clubs, or who it was felt, you know, they could do a job, sorry, I hate that phrase, uh, in a role where we needed another option. So I'm thinking specifically of James Hansen, uh, Jay O'Shea as well. So Hansen obviously, um, you know, allowed us to play in a in a different way last year by being a sort of more physical presence than anything we had in the team at that point. Uh, Clark was still out injured when we signed him. Uh, and then O'Shea gave us kind of... Uh, another attacking option in midfield as well. And I think it's it's fair to say that both, you know, performed admirably in the roles that we needed them to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really, really happy that we've continued with our approach when it comes to transfers. You know, we've all seen now that uh, 10 million buys you very little in the championship. Uh, in a best case scenario, you get a high performing championship player, but you only get one of them. You know, it's not like you can buy an entire team for 10 million these days. Uh, so in terms of our signings, um, not to get all, oh, United are such a big club. Uh, but I do think the fact that we are or were a step up for a lot of our signings, I think it is a bit of a factor. Uh, this is in contrast to previous years. Uh, I'm particularly thinking back to our time under Brian Robson, sorry, uh, where we signed players on the downward trajectory of their careers. Um, for most of our signings last year, uh, you could make a case that this was the, the biggest crowds with the biggest expectations that they'd ever played in front of, in some cases quite dramatically so. Um, I have no way of knowing this, obviously, because uh, you know I don't have unprecedented access to uh, to the club. But um, 
I'd like to think that the type of players that we've signed are ones that Wilder thinks will thrive in this kind of atmosphere rather than ones that, you know, would have been cowed by it in the past. And I think this is true of this season's signings as well. Baldock has come from MK Dons, Lundstrom from Oxford, Stevens from Portsmouth. And then you've got two guys who've not really played, but for whom the same logic applies in Thomas from Hartlepool and Hennigan, the defender who joined from Motherwell. Um, these are youngish players. Baldock is 27, but the rest are 24 and under, uh, for whom, with, with no disrespect meant to previous clubs, this is the biggest stage that they've played on. I don't think um, you know any fan of, uh, of those clubs I just named could really argue with that at this point. Uh, they're players with something to prove, uh, which is, is, I think, vital. Uh, they didn't cost very much, and you know I feel like most, if not all of them, have a high ceiling when it comes to potential resale value if things shouldn't work out for, for them at United. You know, Contrast this with the transfer policies of some other teams in the division. Uh, I think we're in a very good place. You know, we're getting the most out of our, I guess, comparatively limited resources. The two exceptions to that are, are Stearman and Donaldson, who are 30 and 33 respectively, but both represent you know, low-risk, low-cost signings who are experienced at this level. Uh, you know, admittedly, we haven't seen much of either due to injury and then the form of others, so particularly Leon Clark, um, but both provide solid cover, I think. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Stearman eventually take over from Wright on a permanent basis. Uh, that's no slight on Wright whatsoever, who's been really good so far this season. Um, if you look at our signings individually, uh, Stevens and Baldock have been unquestionably for me the real standouts. Uh, both have slotted into our system perfectly, and given their level of play, I'm I'm amazed we're able to get them for such low fees. You know, both have the energy and the kind of comfort levels on the ball that their positions within our form our formation particularly demand, uh, as they have a lot of ground to cover in support of the attack in the way that we play. You know, they're not perfect, uh, but I think we can comfortably say that both are good championship players at this point. The other one to mention is Lundstrom, who, kind of weirdly, if I'm being honest, seems to get a bit of a bad rap from fans in his first few appearances. Um, I think it's fair to say that we don't totally know what we have here, as his appearances have largely been from the bench when we're trying to close out games. Um, but I thought he was fine filling in for Coots against Ipswich, and generally has done okay, if, if not really made a case for a permanent starting role. You know, once again, the guy's only 23, so he could either go on to have a, a stellar few years for us, or we could presumably recoup our expenditure on him in the future, if for some reason it doesn't work out. And then finally, uh, I think it's worth highlighting one other player who has been on our books for a little while, but has only emerged this season. Uh, I am, of course, talking about full Wales international David Brooks. Skill-wise... I think this guy is probably the best I've seen come through our youth system in the last 20 years, uh, which may sound like a bold claim, but, you know, I, I do really feel that way. When you watch this guy on the ball, you know, he, he can do things with the football that not many players who've actually come through our academy have been able to do. Um, and, you know, while I felt he's still, pr or rather I should say I felt he was still pretty raw um, in some of his earlier appearances this season, he's made a huge impact in his most recent games, not least against Wednesday and Leeds. Um, you know, Wednesday he got the start there and, you know, pretty much terrorised their defence and their full-backs who probably still having nightmares about him running at them. And then at Leeds, you know, that was the, I think, the best example so far of, you know, the impact that he can have from the substitute bench. And I expect to see him used in that role more and more over the next few months as well. He is genuinely exciting to watch. Uh, I really can't wait to see how he develops over the rest of the season.
So that's where we're at, as we're finally almost through this international break where I feel like I've just watched a succession of nil-nil draws. Uh, and then fortunately the games come thick and fast for us. Uh, we've got the trip to Burton on Friday, and then we've got two home games uh, the following week, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I will just close this podcast by saying, uh, please let's not take for granted our current league position and the performances that have gone with it. Uh, we're going to lose more games and not everything's going to go our way. But let's make sure we enjoy the ride as it's been a very special 14 or 15 months following the Blades. So that's all from me for this week. Uh, I will be back next week with a look at our game against Burton Albion. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, I would be incredibly grateful if you subscribed to me on iTunes. Uh, even more grateful if you left, left me a review. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's already done so. Uh, this has been you know, really fun to put together. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it too. Uh, and yeah, enjoy the game on Friday and uh, up the blades. <laughs>